This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Can you hear me? This is good. I got an arm workout carrying the stand up here, so I'm feeling good. One arm is ripped and the other is weak, so maybe I should carry it back and then I'll be two arms ripped. So um, anyway, it's such an honor to be here. Pastor Gifty, thank you so much uh, for having us. And how many were here last night for Donovan? Yeah, Donovan's on our team and just so privileged to have him and, uh, and have him on our team and such a, such a gift and uh, to the Ministry of Resurgence. And we're from Edmonton. Go Oilers. Oh, we got some cheers. I thought I would get booze. This isn't, we're off to a good start tonight. I feel the spirit in the house. No. Um, but honestly, it's, it's an honor to be here. And uh, the ministry we lead, Resurgence, our mandate is to reach people, to revive churches and release leaders. And when all those things happen, I feel when you reach people, they're going to revive a church. And when you revive a church, you'll release leaders that are going to reach more people. And uh, that's our heart, and we've been doing that. Uh, since 2008, uh, God birthed this kind of vision and passion in my heart and a team. And uh, in 2013, I went full-time doing it. Uh, before that, I worked with uh, YC, uh, some big youth conferences in, in Alberta. And then also before that, I was an engineer. And so um, I kind of come at life in the spirit with my mind that's part analytical and also my spirit that's open to the Holy Spirit. And so inside of me, Gifty goes, what do you feel for tonight? I said, well, part of me is really excited. The other part's going, I don't know what's going to happen. Because that's just my analytical mind. And so if you have a scientific, analytical mind, this is a safe place. Um, God is here. And so if you're here tonight, you don't know why you came, it's a safe place. We're just going to pray. We're going to allow God to move. We want to encounter Him tonight. Um, I don't totally know where we're going to go tonight, but that's okay, because he does. And uh, I'm going to read some scripture, we're going to teach a little bit, but honestly, I'm just going to be open to what God says tonight, and we just, we, we need to encounter him tonight. We have a lot of teaching, and, and, and what I'm going to talk about, uh, Donovan talked, I know there'll be a podcast of it, so if you did, weren't here, make sure you get that. Last time we were here, four months ago, um, so I'm going to base it on some of that. I just believe so importantly in the Word of God, everything that we teach tonight, uh, revival looks like a people loving this book. And so if you want to know what revival looks like, it, it starts here. It's our foundation. It's everything we minister out of. Um, and so I just believe that firmly. I also believe tonight, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time just teaching. I just want to give a lot of time for us just to go, Holy Spirit, we just need you. Would you move? And so that's the heart. Let me pray. God, we thank you that you're in this place. We thank you that you drew each one of us. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for Journey Church and what you're doing. And I just thank you that your presence is here from the left to the right, from the front all the way to the back. And we just rest in you tonight. We just say, God, would you have your way? Would you move? Would you encounter your people tonight? We're, we're expecting you tonight. Not just to see some people and say hi to people. Not just to have some songs and just hear someone speak. But God, I, we need a fresh touch of you. We need you. We need you like Moses prayed. I'm not going on without your presence, God. I'm not, I'm not going on. And so God, that's our heart cry tonight. We need you. We need you to heal, to touch, to move, to, to have your way to hear your voice tonight. 
So we just give you full freedom in this place. Everybody said? You know, I just, uh, the reality that I preach from is anything is possible. That's what the Bible says. God, all things are possible. And uh, he's real. His presence is in this room tonight. I just believe that so strongly. And um, there's more. And a um, little bit, again, if you want to know more about Resurgence, we have a table out there, and I forgot to mention that, and ways that you can get involved with our ministry and support us and all that. That's at the back if you're interested in more. But I just kind of want to jump into it. And um, But last time we were, we were here in September, and then uh, actually in December, Donovan and I got a chance to go to Loon Lake. Loon Lake is a reserve uh, in Saskatchewan, and an opportunity opened up. We went for uh, three days into Loon Lake, and we were there. And you can put up that slide. Um, we, we got this use of this community hall. And, uh, you know, there's pool tables and the kids just showed up and we're like, okay, what's this going to look like? And what happened was uh, I got an opportunity to share. Donovan got an opportunity to share. He was leading some worship. And all of a sudden, as I begin to share, I mean, there, you see kids here all ages and the presence of God just came. And uh, Loon Lake has gone through some suicides and some suicide attempts and, and, and about 20 kids, just under 20 kids, put their hands up for the first time to say yes to Jesus. And uh, it was incredible. And it's just one girl, 11 years old, come up, and her arm was just cut with cuts all the way up and down her arm. Another guy goes, I don't know why I came in here tonight. And we prayed for him, and he goes, I was, I was so anxious, and I was so depressed, and somehow I came to play pool tonight, and you guys were here. This isn't an accident. And we prayed for him, and, and God is moving. God is moving in the north and in our First Nations in Canada. And let's, let's begin Keep praying, because God wants to do a mighty move, and I believe in our First Nations communities, and there's so much need, and uh, that's part of our heart and mandate, Canada to be saved, and we, we need to see um, people groups that are far and in hurt that need Jesus, and so um, just, a, just a cool story, and we're planning to go back and, and minister, and I wanted to share that with you, but... Um, you know, uh, I just want to kind of, if you were here last time, I just want to kind of give a little refresher. Uh, who is Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit is a person, Holy, a person of the Godhead, God himself. Holy Spirit is a member of the Trinity. Holy Spirit is in present in all places. Psalm 139.7. Holy Spirit's eternal, knows all, powerful. Holy Spirit is personal. Holy Spirit is not like the force in Star Wars uh, but a person, not a thing, not an it, but a person, a personality. Uh, Holy Spirit intercedes for us, Romans 8, 27 says. Uh, the Bible says Holy Spirit indwells us, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Holy Spirit empowers us for mission. He puts a love for people in our hearts. That's who Holy Spirit is. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we abound with hope because our God is a God of hope who fills his children with all joy and peace, Romans 15, 13. The Bible says that the fruit of being led by the Spirit includes love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are attitudes and actions, I believe, that will characterize our lives if we have a Spirit-filled life, if we follow the Spirit. The Spirit is our sanctifier. And tonight, we want to just dive into some gifts of the Spirit. But I know Donovan last night spoke about hearing God's voice and how important it is to hear God's voice. God speaks, and he wants you to hear his voice. 
And uh, I want to put my wife um, on the hot seat. She's not going to like this. But I, I was, as I was sitting at the back last night, I just I, I remembered a story that's happened to us in the last year and a half. And then I was going to say it, and I said, hey, would you come tell it? So give it up. This is Jess. And um, just an example of how God speaks. And uh, why don't you tell us how God speaks? So just for the record, I don't do this. I, like, never come up on stage. I'm perfectly happy sitting on the sidelines. So um, you guys are all either lucky or very unlucky. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I was, this is probably, what, two years ago? Super frustrated. Um, I was in between jobs. I was actually trying to get out of a previous position that just went downhill really quickly. Um, so legally, I wasn't actually able to attain another position. I had recently graduated from school, so I had all of the student debt. Nothing was happening. I was so, like, so frustrated. And I remember we were sitting, we had recently started dating, and I was sitting there one night, I think we were watching TV or something, and I was just like, my gosh, like, I just, I don't get it. I don't know why he doesn't speak. I don't know why he's not saying anything. I feel like I'm open. I'm, like, ready for whatever. You want to take me to the ends of the earth? I'll go. It just was, like, radio silence, um, which I don't know if you've ever been there, but it is it's just, it's like heart-wrenching because you sit there and you're like, I just want you so bad and I want what you have for me so bad. And there's just nothing. And so we were sitting there one night and I was kind of telling Trav about it. And I was like, I'm just so, I'm just spent. I'm done. I'm tired. And out of nowhere, we're watching TV. And um, he looked at me and he's like, what are you thinking about? And I don't know if my eyes glazed over or what happened. But um, all of a sudden, I had this like vision of uh, a children's book. Um, which I'm not an author, I've never written, I don't draw, um, that's not my skill set. So he's like, what do you mean a children's book? And I'm like, well, I'm a dentist by training, um, so very science-minded medical background. And so I was like, well, I just have this vision of, of this like children's book that's talking about like teaching kids about like dental health and why it's important, and not like how, but like the why behind it. And he was like, what? Okay, random. Um, so the next morning I actually woke up and within about maybe an hour, I had written this book, um, and it's actually being published hopefully soon. Um, and it was just kind of one of those things that it was completely out of the blue. I had like no, like I was so desperate for anything. Um, and I think kind of in those moments where we're least expecting to have any kind of encounter, uh, like it was a Friday night, we're chilling, watching, I don't even know, a movie. Might have been Nacho Libre. It was like something so ridiculous. <laughs> but he totally, he like, he showed up. Um, so I just want to encourage you tonight that if you're in that place where you're frustrated and you're like, man, nothing is happening. There's just no breakthrough. Um, just keep waiting. And I know that's a really hard place to be in. I've been in it a few times myself. But sometimes in those moments that you're not expecting it is when he'll show up in the most unconventional ways. And even when it was happening, Jess was like, I, I don't know, I don't know if I'm hearing from God. I'm like, you just wrote a children's book in an hour. That doesn't happen. You don't just do this. It's just like, that. that is God, you know? And sometimes when it's happening, we don't even notice it. And then later she's like, yeah, that was God. But it's like, in the moment, we're just like frustrated. And so I just felt that story had to be heard. So maybe you're here and God's saying, it's time to dream again. It's time to, it's time to start going, hey, maybe it sounds like you and you're not even sure. She just had this idea. It wasn't like God said in an audible voice, but she just was obedient with it, and she wrote down what she was hearing, and all of a sudden it's being published. And so I, I felt that had to be said and encouraged that God wants to speak. 
and there's dreams, ideas, songs, written things, businesses, whatever. God wants to do that, maybe even tonight in this room. And as I'm speaking, I just sense Holy Spirit's going to speak. So if you start hearing the Holy Spirit speaking, if an idea starts coming, write it down. Tune me out and tune him in. That's why we're here. It's not here to hear me, hear him. And so he may speak as we're, and I, I believe it's going to happen tonight. And so um, there are gifts of the Spirit. And 1 Corinthians, if you have your Bible, in, in chapter 12, it says in, in verse 1, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know, no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all in them and, and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now to each one of the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given the Spirit uh, a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. Another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues and still another the interpretation of tongues all these are the kind are, are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determined what's the purpose of spiritual gifts God gives us these gifts these tools um, I believe they're to show the hand of God First uh, Corinthians twelve seven show the hand of God I believe the physical work of the spirit is seen through the gifts that we, we can see the work of the Spirit. We can't see the Spirit, but we can see the presence of the Spirit through the gifts and go, oh, wow, someone was healed. So the Spirit was at work. That's 1 Corinthians 14. It talks about that. Gifts edify. They build up the church. When we see gifts at work, when we see gifts in our life, they, they build us up. They're not meant to tear us down and make us feel bad and tear down the church. They're meant to build us up and build up the church. They strengthen, they encourage, they comfort the body of Christ. Um, they're also, in Acts 4, we see they're a witnessing tool of the Holy Spirit. People get saved when the gifts are in operation. They grow the church. In Acts, it said that the church grew in number. So gifts grow the church, and they honor and confirm the Bible. They honor and confirm God's character. They, they speak of who he is. They, they, they point to this book. And there's nine gifts, and if you're here four months ago, we talked about the nine gifts, and, and I'm just going to dive into them a little more this time. There's the word of wisdom. So there's three gifts that are revelation, so they reveal information. And there's a word of wisdom. Um, the utterance of wisdom that may represent divine knowledge, knowledge that you don't know on your own. It's beyond human reasoning. Um, that's a word of wisdom. There's a word of knowledge. The word of knowledge or ability to speak knowledge publicly, um, to know something that, you know, you couldn't know without. So wisdom would be more like, you know, like, oh, I, I need to do this. I need to go and buy gas today. And all of a sudden, the next day, the gas station's closed, and you couldn't have got gas, and you just knew you had to do something. Like, it's like, I had to do that today. And, and we hear stories of that. Or the word of knowledge is like, I, I knew something about someone that, that maybe wasn't in the natural. You know, a number of years ago, I was asked to speak in a small town, Mayor Thorpe, Alberta. 
And I was driving that morning to Mayor Thorpe, and so the night before I went to bed, and I was, okay, I'm, I'm ready, I think I have my message, I'm, I'm prepared. And as I go to bed, I'm laying there, and I have this picture in my head of a lady taking off her wedding ring. I'm like, did I watch a movie about a lady? Like, why am I thinking about, like, out of nowhere? And I'm like, it wasn't, it wasn't like, this is the Lord speaking, someone is taking, I, I didn't know, I was just in my thoughts. I kept seeing this lady taking off her wedding ring. I'm like, I don't know anyone. Why would they take off their wedding ring? And in my own natural, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, why am I seeing this picture in my mind? I went to bed. I woke up the next day. I drove to Mayerthorpe. I got there. Um, there was a, I was speaking Sunday morning, Sunday night. Um, and so Sunday morning, I'm preaching. I'm delivering a word. I feel this is good. As I'm preaching, in the middle of my preaching, I see this picture as I'm preaching. I'm like, this is weird. I'm like, try, I got, like I'm almost getting off topic. I'm like fumbling my words because I'm thinking about it. I'm like, am I supposed to say it? What do I say? Someone took off their wedding ring. Like, I don't know what to say. So I, I don't do anything about it. I just, I preach and, and I'm like, this is kind of weird. And so then Sunday night, I go to preach. And as I'm preaching, strongly, like I, I just like cannot shake it. I'm like, lost in my message, don't know what I'm saying. Finally, I just say, listen, I, this is weird, but last night as I went to bed, somebody in here, I saw a picture of a lady, you took off your wedding ring. And I don't know what you did, if you're checking other options, I'm not sure, but you took off and, and God sees you. And then I went on with the rest of the word. I didn't uh, like the message. I didn't really have anything else, but it was this word of knowledge that I had. Right at the end of the service, this lady comes to the front. She goes, I've never been to this church before. I decided to come tonight. On Friday, I took off my wedding ring. And then you point at me and say, yeah, I wasn't pointing at anyone. There was probably only about 30 people there. But she says, you, stare, you were staring right at me when you said this. I'm like, I was staring at anyone because I didn't know who it was. But she was like, I took off my wedding ring. And she says, what happened was... Um, I was, I was, uh, there was some news that came out that someone that had attacked me didn't get a jail sentence because of it. And she said, I wanted to leave something of value for my husband and I was going to go to a bridge and jump off. And she said, I left my ring on the dresser to leave it for my husband. And for some reason, I didn't do it. And for some reason, I walked into this church tonight. And then you tell me that I took off my wedding ring. How did you know that? And so the pastor was able to come and pray, and she was able to give her life to Jesus, and she was able to get help and, and hear God's love for her. Why? Because I had this word of knowledge about someone taking off their ring. See, God speaks in those ways. He speaks in those things. Uh, other gifts are, you know, there's discernment of spirits. There's another one of those revelation ones. You know, discerning the intent, the accuracy, the heart of a prophecy. Knowing maybe a situation going, hey, what's up here? There's something good happening and discerning that. Discernment of spirits. And then there's three gifts of power. There's faith, there's a gift of healing, and then there's a working of miracles. Uh, in faith, Paul recognizes that some Christians are specifically gifted with faith. There's something where there's natural faith, and then there's a supernatural faith that comes on you. And, and this, this is something that I've experienced in times where just out of nowhere, I'll feel like I don't have faith in my own reasoning. I can't work myself up. But I'll just get this boldness, this courage, this something that's like, it feels like 
that's not normal. I didn't pray for it. It just comes in a moment. And it's the other day, Jessica goes, what comes over you? Like, you just say these things. That it's not confidence, but it's this, it's this like, courage to, like, you're just going to call that person and, and ask them. It's like, it's just this weird faith thing. And I said, yeah, I, th- I think it's a gift of faith. It just comes. Um, gift of healing. God's will is to heal. Gift of healing is like Peter and John said to the lame guy at the gate. They're like, silver and gold we don't have, but take my hand, get up and walk. There's, there's, there's uh, miracles, you know. When we held the first resurgence, we, we rented this theater out, and I got on the stage, 300 people showed up. I had no idea what was happening, and all of a sudden, as I was praying, God's going to heal someone in leukemia. And so I said it. God's healing someone in leukemia. I didn't know anyone that had leukemia that was there. I was scared out of my mind. I had no idea how God's going to heal leukemia. Uh, my engineering self is trying to figure it out. Um, but there was a lady named Hazel, and she, she had leukemia. She had heat come all over her body. She came to the front. She never told anyone about it after. And about three weeks later, she, she contacted her friend and said, so I had leukemia, and I went for my first chemo treatments, and they did one more test, and they came back and said, well, you don't have leukemia. So she said, I went to three different doctors to get it confirmed. And she was completely healed of leukemia. See, God, God heals. God is a God that heals. You know, um, my grandmother, maybe I told this last time. I don't, I don't remember if I told it. So if I told the story again, you're going to hear it again. Maybe you were supposed to hear it. Um, but my grandparents came from Poland, and they came over to Canada. And uh, they came over in the 1930s. They ended up coming to a small town in Vilna, Alberta. And they were good Polish Catholics. And my grandfather was making moonshine. And, and, and they had their kids. They had seven kids. And they came over. And all of a sudden, one day, my grandmother got ill. At 40 years old, she got ill. And she went on a train to Edmonton. And the doctors looked at her and said, there's something in your stomach. You should call the priest, get the last rites. Uh, you're not going to make it. So she was at home laying on, on the bed, couldn't get up, couldn't move, couldn't brush her daughter's hair, couldn't do anything. And my grandfather was outside, and the neighbor came over and said, you know what, it's no fun to raise a family by yourself. He goes, you think? <laughs> you know, thanks. Thanks, tips, you know. Um, and the guy says, well, come to the Pentecostal church. There's, a, there's an evangelist there, and he's praying for the sick. And he goes, okay, I got nothing to lose. So he, he, my grandfather went there. The guy prayed over him. When my grandfather got home, my grandmother was sitting straight up, brushing her daughter's hair, completely healed. And because of that, he got saved, my grandmother got saved, and the whole family got saved. I'm a Christian because of a God that heals. See, God heals. And, um, and I believe even tonight, if you need healing in your body, we're going to pray that God would heal. You know, working in miracles. Miracles uh, demonstrate the power and, uh, you know, the, the diverse things that God can do. And, and there's stories that we've heard where just a miraculous thing happens, where it's unordinary. You know, there's healings, but then there's sometimes, you know, where limbs need to grow and eyes need to grow. And, you know, I've heard stories where people see through an eye that the optical nerve is severed and they're, they're able to see. That's a miracle. That's things that, that's not normal. That's not just a healing um, God wants to do those kind of things. Then there's three gifts of inspiration. These are ones that inspire communication. We have tongues um, and, and prophecy and interpretation of tongues. And, um, 
And, you know, tongues are as a gift of worship, but they're also a language. Uh, we can pray in, in one spirit, and, uh, and so we'll talk about that in a little bit. And then there's prophecy, and that's what Donovan talked a little bit about last night, and how we can hear God's voice for ourselves, but we also, God wants to speak to us, to speak to us about others. It's about hearing God's voice for someone else. Um, I really like this, you know, we, if, if you like somebody, if you're a friend of somebody, I like Pastor Dave a lot, what I do is I, I brag about Pastor Dave to other people. I go, oh man, he's awesome, Pastor Dave and Jess, they're awesome, and when I'm bragging about it, that's exactly what prophecy is. God loves us so much, he brags to others about us. That's what it really is. He, he sees the gold in us, and he goes, ah, oh, that, that person's so great. You need to call forth that gold. Prophecy isn't to tear down, isn't to point out sin. It doesn't take a prophet or someone with a prophetic gift to find a dirt in someone. It takes a prophet to find a gold, to say, hey, you're meant for more. There's value. You're, you're call, and I believe that's our call as Christians, to see the gold every day and, and just say, hey, do you know that you have gold? So many people are going around and they don't know what God has for them. They don't know their purpose. They don't know what, that, that, that God loves them and there's so much that they can do in their life that, that, you know, all it takes is encouragement. And I believe prophecy is such an encouragement to say, hey, there's gold in you. We call it forth. You, you, you might not see the purpose. You may see dirt, but God says, sees gold in you. And that's what prophecy is, is to build up. God spoke through prophecy of dreams, visions, audible voices, trances, all sorts of things. And the Spirit puts words in the mouth and, and of, of somebody giving a word. And so I believe God wants to use us in that. God wants to use us to, to speak words of life over people, over situations. And Donovan uh, taught so well on that last night. And, um, you know, there are two distinct workings of the Holy Spirit. There's the one where at... at Salvation, when we ask Jesus to come into our life, I believe the Spirit comes, the Spirit fills us, that there's this, this change of our character. But the second happens, and the Bible talks about it in Acts 2, and it's the second work of the Holy Spirit, and it's this baptism, it's that fresh work, it's, it's that first time you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, will be for it refreshes you, it, it overflows you, it's like, yeah, the Spirit's in you, but it's that like, pouring all over you, to be totally immersed in, in the presence of God, to be filled up and overflowing so that you can do what God's called you to do. It's to do the mission of God. It's to go out and live our lives. In Acts 1, Jesus appeared to 500 people. He says, don't, don't leave until you get the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. A bunch of people left, and we, don't, we never heard of them again. But 120 stayed. They waited, maybe like a room like this. They came on a, I don't know what night is it, and they waited in that. And they waited, and they waited, and they were told to stay. And 120 people, that the, it says that the fire fell. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound, suddenly a sound, like a blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. See, what happened in Acts is the people of God got the power of God. 
And I believe so many times that we can go on with life and we can go on with our Christian life and we can miss the power that's available to us. The giftings, the things that God wants to do. And God, I just believe, wants to fill us tonight with a fresh power. And so maybe you have had the baptism. Maybe you have been filled like an axe and you speak in tongues. Maybe you're like scared stiff about it. You're like, I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> that's a little crazy for me. But I'm hungry and I, I just want what God has. And, and I remember being in a Pentecostal church. I was 14 years old. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. And I remember being at a service kind of like this on a Sunday night. And they were all gathered around the altar. And the pastor goes, we're going to pray for revival. And I'm like, hey, this is good. But what's revival? I don't know what we're praying for. We're going to wait. We're going to tarry. We're going to, I'm like, what are we waiting for? You know, and there was this sense like God is in the room. And there's, and I just remember being so, um, like intrigued by this intrigued that like God is like yes he's in our hearts and but there's more and I was like I don't know I want more and a, and a few weeks later I found myself in a prayer room on a, on a chair like this but much harder of a chair and I was kneeling and and one of the senior citizens at our church came over and he prayed for me and in that moment I was filled and I began to speak in a language and again my analytical mind was like what the heck is going on it was, it was not normal. It was this language, and I was like, am I supposed to sound like this? This doesn't sound good. I'm not sure what it's supposed to sound like. All these things are going through my mind. And he goes, just continue to speak out. And as I began to speak out, I could just feel this like coming out of me. And then God gave me this prayer language. And I want to tell you, this prayer language has been such a gift to me. Because, it's, it, it, you know, so many times I don't know what to pray. I can just pray in tongues. I can pray because I can pray what the Spirit wants me to pray. Sometimes we don't have words. And so many times now I'm trying in English, trying to like pray something. I don't even know the right prayers to pray. But I go, God, I just give me that. I just pray in the Spirit. And God wants us to pray in the Spirit. God wants us to, I have a friend, he's got his uh, PhD and his MD. He went to the Mayo Clinic. He, he has 19 years of post-secondary education. And for the last 20 years, he's prayed two hours a day in tongues. And I said to him, well, yeah, that's a long time. Two hours a day, like, isn't that, I, I was like, isn't that legalistic? And he goes, well, I want to study for exam. You study for exam to get uh, a good mark. Is that legalistic? I said, no. He's like, I want to know Jesus more. I want, the, I want to know the Holy Spirit. I'm hungry for him. So I, I time myself, and two hours a day I spend with him speaking in tongues. And I said, well, teach me. Teach me. Because I, I want to start. He's like, start at five minutes. Just pray five minutes every day. Just start to spend time. Start to spend time with him. See, I think there's something about that. You know, I, I notice the more that I pray and the more that I spend time and seek his face, it changes my outlook on life. It changes my day. It changes my attitude. It changes the anger in my heart. It changes my response to people. I'm not less irritated. We, we don't know the, the time. And he goes, for me, it helps my research. It helps everything I do. And I'm like, and, you know, I, that's commitment. And I think God wants to stir us up to be people of prayer, people that spend time, that have an encounter with him, and don't just have an encounter here, but live that everyday life. See, there's something about coming to an altar. We've all maybe been to altars, but there's something about how do we live the spirit out every day. 
How do we walk it out? Maybe you're an engineer like I was, or you're a lawyer, or a teacher, or a dentist. Or what, How do you live the spirit-filled life when your alarm goes off at 6 in the morning on Monday? See, we believe what's going to happen tonight in you, and I believe this, is not just going to affect you tonight, but it's got to have fruit for you Monday morning. That when you're in a boardroom, when you're in the car and you get cut off, when you um, are going through a situation with a family member that's sick, there's hope, there's, there's, a, there's a presence of God inside of you that you can start to pray and go, thank you, Holy Spirit, you're here. See, it's a spirit-filled life every day. And so many times we put focus on the person on the stage while the pastor's anointed. No, we're all called to ministry. We're all called to have the Spirit in us. We're all called to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. And so it's not just for some, the special people. Um, You're qualified. You're qualified because He qualified you. Because He died on a cross for you. And, and, and he, he has gifts for each one of us. He, he wants to fill us. He loves us. God is good. He's, he's in a good mood. And, and he has stuff for us tonight. The word baptism means to literally dip, complete submersion. And it was actually a word when they put cloth and it was totally submersed in the dye. And the cloth in the dye and the dye in the cloth. The believer in the spirit and the spirit in the believer. It's just as a cloth takes on the character of what it was dipped into. And, and believers take on the nature of the element of what we're dipped into. We're dipped into the spirit. We, we have that likeness of the Holy Spirit. John 7, 37 uh, says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. There's a story in Acts 10, and it's a story of Cornelius. And uh, I just want to share four points from this story tonight, and then we're going to kind of move into a time of prayer. And, and, um, and it says that Cornelius was a centurion of a regiment of the Roman army. This was like a high-up guy. And it says he and his household were devout, de- devout and God-fearing. One day Cornelius had this vision, and an angel of God said, Go send for Apostle Peter. And the next day, as these three members were on their way to find Peter, based on the instructions of the angel on where to find him, Peter was about to have lunch, and he was hungry. And he fell into a trance and had a vision where the Lord offered Peter animals that were considered unclean for Jews to eat. He refused, but the Lord said, Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times. And he was puzzled. Then God said, Men are coming to find you, go with them. Immediately men from Cornelius' household told Peter, an angel told Cornelius to send for you. This is a crazy story. And Cornelius was a Gentile, but he was hungry to know God. And at this point, God's spirit was not poured out on the Gentiles. So this was big news, and so he was a foreigner. Cornelius heard about Jesus, and and he loved God, but he wanted to go deeper. And Cornelius... Um, responded to the teaching, and what happened in Acts 10 was astounding. It said, while Peter was still speaking the words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. 
The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. This was a huge thing for the church. This caused a big um, assembly and meeting, and they had to figure it out. Um, it was tabloids. Basically, Holy Spirit was for everyone. That's what happened here. The baptism is a flow of grace. This grace flows to all who come before the Lord with his attitude of dependency on him. And I think we can draw four things from the story. Number one, obedience. One in God's will. Cornelius was a devout man of God, God-fearing, and he wanted what God had for him. Devout means wholehearted. He didn't have that full relationship with God with the Spirit yet, but he prayed and he was saying, I want all. He was obedient. The angel told him to do this. He did it. He didn't understand it all. He didn't figure it out. He was like, "What is? I don't understand what I'm supposed to do, but I'm going to do it. Obedience doesn't mean we need to understand everything with our mind, but it's a trust in God. God, open up my heart and trust that he who places the sun, the moon, and stars knows where to place me. And I think that's so key in us wanting the Spirit. We, we have to be obedient. We have to say, God, we trust you. In Acts 2, the people listen to God's voice. And waiting in the upper room, they believed in faith something would happen. They didn't understand what would happen. We read the story now and we're like, oh, you, you know, the flaming tongues of fire came and you knew what you were waiting for. They had no clue what they were waiting for. They were just told to wait. And they're waiting and waiting and waiting. And they waited because they knew that God had said he would do something. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. That's like a simple verse, but it's sometimes really hard. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. <laughs> sometimes I want to lean on my own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. There's, there's something about trusting. You want to be filled with overflowing. It's a really a surrender. My mind can't comprehend sometimes. I need to figure out God in my brain. I'm an analytical thinker, as I told you. I like God in my spreadsheets. I want Holy Spirit to fit between cell A1 and B2. He doesn't fit. And here's the thing. If I can figure out God in my brain, then that means God's smaller than my brain. So if God is really big, then I have to surrender to him and say, God, I'm not going to understand it all here, but I want to receive it here. See, that's the thing about salvation. That's the thing about understanding Jesus. We, if we try to figure out here, we'll never have that relationship in our heart because there's a point we have to let go of trying to figure it out. You can't argue someone into the gospel. There has to be a heart decision, a faith decision to go, God, I, I don't get it, but I got to I'm going to ask you if you're real coming to my heart. The trust, where we trust him. It's the same with the spirit. We don't figure it out. We don't understand. We don't, it, it's beyond us. But that's okay. Because I don't need my own wisdom. I need, I need wisdom right now in 2022 that's beyond me. 
We need the mind and the heart of God. We need him to fill us. We need, you know, sometimes we can come and say, God, I I want you, but not like that or not like this. God wants us to take down the walls and say, God, will you put your dignity on this aside? Would you put what people think aside? Would you put fear aside? Would you put doubt aside and say, God, I want whatever you have for me. Whatever it looks like, whatever happens, I'm in. There's, there's an obedience there. There's a wanting and an abandoned life. The, the second thing is humility, wanting God's way. Here's this high-ranking Roman official, and he, he's able to submit and say, Peter, teach me. I don't really know. I don't understand this. He's from the Italian contingency. He's a Roman official. He received Peter in his home. This wasn't normal. He gathered people together. He gathered everyone. He said, I sent for you immediately, and it was good for you to come. Now that we're all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. That's pretty amazing. The humility of his heart. His faith like a child. He's humble. He's grateful. That there's something about a humility of our heart to go, God, I, I, we put aside our title, our rank, our wealth, what we know about God, what we think we know, all those things, and just say, God, I just come before you. I want to learn. Show me. The third thing is purity, wanting God's nature. God calls us to have a heart attitude of desiring God and his holiness. You know, Donovan talked last night about things that can stop you from hearing the voice of God, and some of it, it's sin. It's, it's lying, it's integrity, it's, it's issues of the heart, it's, it's where you, you've, God said go this way and you went the other way and, and, and now you're like, well God's not speaking, well go back to where he spoke to you the last time. See, that there's certain things and we, we need to come with um, a pure heart. The Holy Spirit is holy. It's a holy spirit. And we have to... Die to ourselves. See, he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, John said, of Jesus. See, Acts 2 is where God fills not just the physical temple in the Old Testament, but he actually fills, he occupies um, the body of Christ. He occupies us. He comes in. And so there's something about going, God, make me holy. Like, Like, take anything. Make me blameless in your sight. The only way we can do that is not on our own strength, not on climbing some ladder and saying, okay, I've done all the right things today. It's going, God, I surrender. Forgive me. I repent. I turn from my sin. It's a death part, saying yes to what Jesus did on the cross. And the last thing is receptiveness. Wanting God's fullness. Cornelius had visions. Paul came, all this crazy stuff, or Peter came, all this crazy stuff happened, but he could have not received it. There were many reasons. He, he could have, I don't know, I'm not sure about it. Here's something I've learned about the life in the Spirit is that when I give, I'm in control. This isn't just life in the Spirit. This is when I give money. If I want to give you 20 bucks, I can give it when I want to, who I want to, how I want to. And, and one time I was at a church and this lady comes up with this big gift bag on a Sunday. I wasn't even preaching and she just came and she goes, here for you, pastor. And it's like all these DVDs and things. And she goes, I just wanted to give you a gift. It was so awkward. 
because I, I wasn't my birthday. There was no reason. She just wanted to honor me and bless me. And I was like, oh, what's this for? Why did you give me a gift? And do you ever have that? And you're like, well, I didn't get you anything. Was I supposed to get you something? Like, this is awkward. Everyone's like, oh, you got a gift. Why did you get a gift? You know, I'm like, I don't know. And it's this big bag with a big bow. And, and, and it's like, I remember just feeling so awkward. But when we give, we can give when we want, how we want, and we're in control. But when we receive, we're not in control. And there's something where we have to learn how to receive. We have to learn how to receive. Tonight, I don't really know what God's going to do in each one of us. I really don't. It's super amazing. Some of you say, well, you feel fear. Fear of what it looks like. Fear of failing. Fear of bad experiences. Maybe you've been in meetings before where um, somebody said a word and it wasn't. It was incorrect or something happened. And you're like, I don't know about that. I don't know if that was God. And we put up walls in our heart and say, Well, that's God. That's not God. And we make these calls and then we, we're like, We're not going back there. And when we put up these walls, but we limit what we can experience because of that, because of fear. Don't let fear hold you back from what God wants to do in your heart. Don't let fear hold you back. Don't let fear. You know what? People are going to get it wrong. There's going to be mistakes. But I, I just keep coming back and saying, God, I want all of you. I'll push past the fear. I'll push past the bad experiences. Heal my heart of hurts, God. Heal my heart of, of, of um, bad experiences in church or pastors that got it wrong or pastors that failed. All that stuff. I just want you. Maybe you didn't grow up in a certain denomination. Maybe you grew up and you were hurt by a bad experience. Maybe you were one time in a prayer line. I was there and a guy tried to shove me over and I almost broke my neck. So I just fell because I didn't want my neck to be pushed because he was pushing me over. And so I just fell. I'm like, I'm going down. And it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was him. He had a very strong hand. But you know what? That doesn't stop me from getting in a prayer line again. I'll line up every time because you know what? I want the real thing. I want him. I went home that night after I got shoved to the ground and I said, God, I don't care. I want it real. I want it real. I want, I want you. I want you to move. It didn't, it didn't take me away. It took me closer because I want you. I want you. I don't care if I fall. I don't care if I stand up. I don't care if I sit. It's not about that. It's about what he does in your heart. I've known people that have fallen on the floor and they're no different. I've also known people that have fallen on the floor and laughed for hours and it's changed everything about their life. See, it's the fruit that matters. It's the thing that matters. We get distracted by the outside stuff. God cares about what's happening in our hearts and our minds tonight. And, and so I just break off fear. You know, sometimes I, as I was praying last night, sitting back there, I, I was reminded of this story and I felt to share it tonight because sometimes we, we come to meetings like this, or we're open to the Spirit, but it's awkward. We're like, it's awkward. Like, it's awkward to receive from God. It's, it's this awkward thing. And, and I thought of these stories, you know, when people, uh, you know, who aren't kid people hold a kid for the first time, a baby, and it's like the most awkward thing. They're like, they're like okay, you're not a baby person. You don't have kids, you know. Um, I have 11 nieces and nephews, so I got some experience at it. But the one thing I wasn't really person growing up was an animal person. I don't like animals. I didn't have any animals. I am not used to animals. 
I don't like animals. That's it. That's, that's all. I have no, like, capacity for dogs or cats or anything. I just never grew up that way. And then I started dating this wonderful girl over here. And on our, like, third date, she goes, oh, I have a dog. I'm like, a dog? Uh-oh. And I'm like, what kind of dog? Oh, oh, just, just, just a dog. She's really, she's great, and I love animals. And I'm like, okay. And I was, like, just pre- pretending that, like, she didn't have one, ignored it. I was like, this is, like, what's going to happen? Like, she's going to have to give up her animal. Like, I, this is not going to work. Like, it won't fit in our, my house, you know, if this is going to it. I, like, called it it. Like, that's, that's where I was at with animals. And so, um, so then, you know, a month goes by, we're dating, and I kind of had forgotten that she had a dog. And so here's the, you know, we, she met my parents, and then all of a sudden it was my time to go over to her parents' house and meet her parents. And so she was living there, so she was at their house. And so here I'm like, okay, I better pick up some, like, flowers for her mom. And I'm all nervous. Like, I'm like, what do I wear? You know, I don't want to be too casual, but I don't want to be too formal. Show up in a suit, that's awkward, that weird guy. I don't want to be that. I'm like, what if, like, are they nice people? I don't know. Jess is nice, but I don't know. Maybe her parents aren't. I'm like, all those worries. I mean, I had sweat pouring out of my arms like pancakes, you know, and I'm like in the driveway and as I'm like walking up to the door like, oh, 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 hope it goes well, hope it goes well. I really like her. And so I walk up around the corner. As soon as I'm walking up the steps here, and I froze. Like I was bitten by a dog in like grade seven or something. And this dog took a chunk out of my leg and I'm like, oh my goodness, this isn't going to work. Like, this is over. I got to break up. Like, I'm going to die here. This is like a terror dog that's going to, like, eat me. This isn't going to work. And so her parents have two dogs. Jess had a dog. So three dogs are barking and yipping at the door. And as I ring the doorbell, I'm just, just terrified. And all of a sudden, the door opens, and three dogs just come leaping at me. And I'm like, I, like, I didn't even say hi to her parents. I was so thrown off. I'm like, oh, 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 they're going to like kill me. I, I was like so scared, so nervous, sweating like crazy. Finally, I think I said hello to her parents, gave the flowers. Jess is like, what's wrong with you? You know, I'm just, I'm a wreck. So I get in there, finally get my shoes off, um, you know, and, and the dogs are just, I mean, they're wolves, you know, and, and they're, they're going to like eat me for lunch. Like I thought I was coming for dinner. I was the dinner. And so I'm there and all of a sudden her dad goes like within 40 seconds, oh, you should pick up Jess's dog, honey. This is honey. And I'm like, uh, I ignored him, like pretending like I didn't hear him. Like, I'm not picking up the dog. Like I'm, I don't do dogs. He's like, no, no, pick, pick up honey. And I'm like, I don't know how to pick up a dog. Like, I didn't want to say that because I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. So I'm like, <laughs> like standing there with this wolf, you know, going like, you know, just, just scared for my life. They all made fun of me, laughed at me. There was, it was so awkward. It was the most awkward. Just because I've never seen someone pick up a dog that awkward. That was me. And so I want to show you a picture of this wolf. She's, a, she's vicious. So, this is Honey, our dog now. She doesn't leave my side. We are best friends now. 
She comes to every Zoom meeting. She sits at my feet all day. She is like inseparable. I walk upstairs. She follows me upstairs. I pace to like prepare a sermon and she walks right beside me. I was like one day, she was like facing the wall on my bed where my pillow was. And I'm like, Jess, the dog is praying. She's praying in tongues. She's like interceding. And then I realized there was a bone under my pillow and she was guarding it. But I mean... And I tell all that story, and why I tell the story is sometimes we, we come awkwardly. And you know what? It took time for me to get to know honey, and now I love honey. It's hard to believe I'm saying that. But, but here's the thing with Holy Spirit. It takes time. It takes time, and sometimes you feel awkward, and you don't know what to do, and you don't know if you're doing the right thing, and you, don't know. you just have to do it. You just have to say yes. You just have to go, God, I don't know. Just tell him your fears. Tell him he's big enough to handle your doubt. He's big enough to handle your fear, your insecurity. He, he's, he's the comforter of the Holy Spirit. See, we need comfort. The Holy Spirit's with us. Holy Spirit will never leave us. He, he's with us. And so there, there's a comfort tonight. And um, I just want to invite uh, maybe Abel. Do you want to come and just play the keys and... and um, I just sense God wants to spark something in every single one of us tonight. Not that man can manufacture it, but just a fresh filling of his presence, of his spirit. Are you wanting that for you tonight? And I don't say that sounding cliche, but are you wanting that? But the other question I ask, if it means your whole life will be turned upside down, are you wanting that? What if everything changed? What if everything was turned upside down? What if God called you somewhere that you weren't planning to go? What if he, he started doing something in you that you weren't comfortable? You're like, what is going on? God's, are, are, we, are we that in? Are we going, God, I just want you no matter what? See, that's the posture he calls us to have tonight. It's like the pool. Somebody prayed in, in the pre-service prayer about, we don't need a trickle. We need a river. The Bible says there's a river flowing inside of us. And in Ezekiel talked about a river flowing out of the temple. And it said that the river was, it started getting deeper. And as he went in, the Bible says in one version, he went out past his loins. I don't know if you've been in a, a lake or a pool past your loins. It's cold. You feel the water. And there's a point to where your toes can't touch anymore. And I think that's what happens when we say yes to Holy Spirit. We say, God, I want to go past where I can control it, where I can touch the bottom, where I can, I just, God, you have all of me. And I trust you. Matthew 5 says, blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled. We're going to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we're just going to pray for giftings to come into our heart. You know, it says in the Bible, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if you ask for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? On the day of Pentecost, every single person was baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues, all. 
Paul said, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. When the baptism came, they started speaking in these other tongues. He was not making people feel bad who don't speak in tongues. If you've been praying and going, God, I want to speak in tongues. My friend who prays in tongues for 19 years, two hours a day, he said, I didn't get it right away. I waited for six months, and I kept in faith saying, I'm going to speak in tongues. I'm going to speak in tongues. I'm gonna. He kept seeking it. If you don't have it, if you go, I haven't prayed in that prayer, but I want it. I've come to altars. Don't give up. Keep seeking him. Seek him. Just spend time with him. Say, God, I want it. I, I want that. I want that in my life. I, I want that gifting. I want all that you have. Jude says, but you, dear friends, build yourself up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. It's an incredible miracle that a person filled with the Holy Spirit has the ability to speak a heavenly language. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. See, there's the majesty of praying in tongues because it's not us, and there's also the miracle that happens. It's a miracle. How did people receive it in the Scripture? They received it by laying on of hands, by another person praying, but also happened with no human contact. It works in a COVID society. You don't need a hand on you. It can happen with a mask on. It can happen. What's the evidence? You know, tongues are biblical, they're practical, they're beneficial. This is not just having a good feeling or a warmth. You may experience other gifts, but as God does something, he sometimes bubbles up joy in you. You feel anger leave. You, you feel healing. As I was praying for tonight, I was reminded of this story, and I feel to share it. It's a guy, Dr. Charles S. Price. You may not have heard of this guy. He was born in about the 1800s. Um, but he was born in Oxford in, in England, and he actually went to Oxford, became a lawyer, he ended up, wasn't a believer, grew up kind of in a religious home, ended up coming to Canada. And in the 1900s, ended up coming to Medicine Hat. And he was in Medicine Hat, couldn't get a job anywhere, and he got a job at the Canadian Railroad. And he traveled all across Canada, Edmonton and Victoria, Vancouver. He ended up in Spokane, Washington, at Lifeline Mission. A guy was preaching one night, and he said, do you want to become a Christian? And he says, that's me. Became a Christian. And that night, somebody, uh, one of the next services, the speaker couldn't make it. And because uh, Dr. Charles Price was a lawyer and he was good with his words, they said, well, maybe you should speak. And so he actually ended up becoming a preacher because he was a good orator and he could speak. And so he started speaking. And all of a sudden, he was in the Methodist church movement and he ended up in California and he's speaking all over. And, um, and he says this, you know, he said, um, he was opened up prominent, uh, prominent doors. Hollywood celebrities would come. He says, but for 16 years, I never had a convert. And for 16 years, I never gave an altar call. I used to love to rise in my pulpit and tell the folks on my theaters that I've been to. I attended the past week just to show them how I was broad I was. And I belonged to almost every lodge and club I could join. He was articulate. He was entertaining. But nobody was coming to Christ. 
And here's a pastor of a church, and he was in Lodi, California. And one day, there was this event that was coming to his city. There was a, an incredible revival happening in San Jose with mass salvations, miraculous, tongue-speaking people. And he, he was immediately unimpressed, and he told them, I can explain it all. It was metaphysical, psychological, nothing tangible. Actually, early on in Dr. Price's life, he got invited to Azusa Street. Azusa was this big revival. And he was on his way there, and he never went. He stopped, and he, a guy said, you shouldn't go to that. They're weird. They're Pentecostal. They believe in the Spirit. You shouldn't go. And he said, let me read this quote. Because he said, I regret that. It was one of the biggest regrets of his life. Let me read it here for you. That was a turning point in my life. With all my heart, I believe that God had led me to Spokane so I might step through the open door into the glorious experience that I'm enjoying today. But I listened to the voice of a modernist and by my own act closed the door. Two roads were open before me and I took the wrong one. I foolishly turned my back on the cross and started along the trail that led to the labyrinths of modernism. The conflict within my own breast was age-old battle of reason against faith. How grieved and sorry I am today to have recorded that reason one. And for 16 years he preached, but no one got saved. And then he's invited to this meeting. Amy Simple McPherson was speaking. So he said, well, it's all fake. I'll put an ad in the paper and say, this is all fake. And you'll come to my church tomorrow and I'll debunk it all and say, it's just, it's just made up stuff. So he goes to this meeting. He gets there and there's no room. There's only the handicap section, the cripple section. So he sits in that and later he goes, that's the section I was supposed to be in because I was crippled. And then Amy Simple McPherson starts preaching and he realizes he's convicted. He hears the word and he hears and he says, I'm not, I'm not believing that. And she goes, if you want to get saved, put your hand up. He puts his hand up. His pastor friend says, do you understand what's happening? You're a pastor and you're putting your hand up. He goes, I know what I'm doing. I need to get saved. I need to get right with God. He gets right with God. And then a few days later, he said, I... I, I want more. In the course of a few days, it said, oh, only outlook on life, my viewpoint, but my life itself had been transformed and changed. The burning flames of fire of evangelism began to blaze in my heart. The thing I desired more than anything else in the world was to win souls for Jesus. He went to his church that next day and 85 people gave their heart to Jesus because he preached the word and he gave an altar call. And then he went back to the meeting and he said, I want the, what the Spirit has for my life. I want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He prayed and nothing was happening and he didn't know what to do. So he went in the corner by a piano and he hid by himself and he just waited and he waited. And his friend said, Charles, you better go all the way through. It's like trying to build a house without a hammer and a saw, preaching without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Never mind your doubts. Forget your dismay. You confess to me there's a hunger in your heart. I advise you to seek the infilling of the Holy Ghost. 
After four nights of tarrying, God dealt with Price about his integrity, his ambition, and pride. See, he got right with God. And he finally came to a place where he no longer was driven to pastor large, big churches, but he's willing to pastor even a small one. With all that pride breaking God was accomplishing in price, he still was concerned about drawing attention to himself. I looked around at the people that were under the power of God and I did not like it. I did not see the necessity for that. I said to myself, why cannot God baptize a man with the Holy Ghost while he's still kneeling down? I asked a brother, I think it was Dr. Towner, brother, does everyone go down when they get the baptism? He said, well, I did, and I have an idea you will. Well, that is all the comfort I got out of him. So Price went in the corner, and he said, a feeling of glory came through my body, and I tried to say, praise the Lord, I could not. I commenced to stammer, and Dr. Tanner commenced to shout and to praise the Lord. Praise him. I said, pray, pray, pray. I could not with stammering lips. I had them for just a moment or two, and then suddenly, just as spontaneously and easily as water going over a fall, I commenced to speak in another tongue. What would happen then is he would go and he would start to preach and crowds, thousands would gather. And so then Charles Price actually said, I feel God's calling me to go to Canada because I used to be there as a young adult traveling across with the Canadian Railroad. So Dr. Price went to Victoria. There's a church called Glad Tidings that was very influenced by Dr. Price. He went into Vancouver. They had big meetings. He ended up in 1923 in Edmonton, Alberta. I think he stopped in Calgary as well, but he was in Edmonton and they said 12,000 people a night were gathering at Edmonton Gardens. People were so hungry to get in, they would break the window, put the money for the window just to get in. That's hunger. That's in 1923. So a, a famous revivalist, Catherine Kuhlman, went to Charles S. Price's meetings and was radically impacted, started her ministry out of that. God did something incredible, but it was He's, he yielded and said, God, I want it all. I want everything you have for me. And I believe that's what he wants for us tonight. Can you close your eyes and just put your hands in front of you? place and you just know that you just have to get right with God tonight I want to give you that opportunity there's just stuff as I spoke on about purity and repentance and turning and you're like there's just some stuff I just need to lay it at the foot of the cross with no one looking around I just want you to raise your hand just as a sign that you're doing that. And then I want you to ask God to forgive you. Just give it to him. This is between you and him. But just as a sign that like God's showing you some stuff, just lift your hand. Yeah, yeah, his hand's all across this place. Just now give it to him. Say, God, would you forgive me of this? I sense as you do that, God's also going to show you the root. There's some guys and and girls even, I see like pornography has been an issue. And God's just going to even show you like what's the root, what's the lie that you've been believing. And truth's going to come there. There's other things where you just like feel like he's just going to show like sometimes we deal with the fruit, we deal with the effects of things. But God wants to also go right to the root tonight. That you 
would get right with him, be in right standing with him. Abel's going to lead us a little bit. And just when you're done, when you're done like giving that and repenting, I just, I want to invite you to just to worship him, to just start to call upon his name. In a moment, we're going to just give a, another invitation to just be baptized with the Holy Spirit fresh. And But I just, once you're done, then stand up and you can worship. But just make sure that if there's anything that God's showing you, that you just, you give it to him. And then at the end of the song, we'll, we'll kind of uh, move into something else. But I just... As we're worshiping, I just, uh, there's a passage in the Bible that talks about when there's stuff in the house, you have to clean it out before and then fill it properly, or it'll come back seven times worse. And I just, I just want to pray a breakthrough of stuff. And I don't know if it's oppression or depression or whatever, enemy stuff, enemy attack, enemy mindset, enemy junk. Stuff that's just not of God. Lies over you, doubt, fear, anxiety, mental health, just stuff that's just filled your heart, your mind. Sometimes we, we have fear and we have things and we wake up with this stuff and we can't sleep with this stuff. And so if you have stuff that's been tormenting you, that's come against you, I want you to just put your hand on your head. And I'm just going to pray. We're going to pray. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we ask that all this stuff that's not of you to leave now. We take authority in the name of Jesus. We ask you to take off every attack of the enemy, every demonic attack, every attack of the spirit of, of the Satan that's come against us. And we break off every mindset that's not of you. We speak over everything that's been spoken, every curse, every lie, everything that we believed and then empowered the liar. And we just break it right now over our minds. We break it over our bodies. We break everything that pulls us down and keeps saying in that inner voice that just keeps putting us down and saying, well, you're not enough and you're not this and you're not. We just say no more in Jesus' name. We take authority by the blood of Jesus. We thank you that you died on the cross, not just for our, our, our sins and our lives, but for, for us to be free as well. We're freedom. Freedom, Father. We thank you for freedom. Where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. And we declare that reality into every single one tonight. 
We just break off every attack right now. Chains fall away. Blinders fall away. Where we have, it has stopped our vision. Where it has blocked our hearing. Where we just feel this fatigue. We break off fatigue. We break off just every attack right now. We just say in Jesus' name, leave now. I just want you to just breathe in. Just breathe in. You just breathe in your presence. Just breathe in. How many feel like something's just happening right now? You just feel like something's breaking off of you. If you just you just sense something. I don't know, you just you just send just wave your hand, like wave it like this. Like you're just like something is going on. God, we just pray more. Every attack, every lie, everything. break depression, we break anxiety. Just the weight, that heaviness, we just break it off now. A lightness would come. And I want to give an opportunity, if you want just a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, like the Bible says, uh, that spirit filled, that that overflowing, that, that, that baptism, maybe you've had it before, but you need a fresh need a fresh touch or maybe you've never had it before and you're like I want that tonight I need him I want to encounter him if you're like I'm not sure if I want that or not I'm not sure sometimes that's God kind of that that that, that kind of we're not sure that's God prompting us and so I, I want you to if that's what you want I want us all to stand in this place why don't we all stand in this place but if that's what you want if you're like I I, I need that tonight then I want to invite you to find a spot. Stand somewhere here, stand socially distanced, all those things. Keep your mask on, all that's good. But I just want you to find a spot somewhere along this altar somewhere. There's lots of space in the aisles, that's fine. Just get out to where you're not standing, get to a new spot. And if that's you, just just move now. You go, I, I want something fresh. I, I want him to do something in my life. I don't know what it looks like, I want it. us to pray this prayer together just with our eyes closed if you're just wanting this dear lord jesus repeat this after me dear lord jesus i thank you and i praise you for your great love and your faithfulness to me i humbly glorify you because you've forgiven me all my sins you brought me to the Father. Now I come in obedience to your call. I want to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I do not come because I'm worthy in myself. Come on, repeat this after me. I do not come because I'm worthy in myself, but because you've invited me to come, because you've washed me from my sins. And I thank you that my life is worthy to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. I want to overflow with your life. Your love and your power. I want to show forth your grace, your words, your goodness, 
and your gifts to everyone I can. And so with a simple childlike faith, I ask you, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I open all of myself to you to receive all of yourself in me. I love you, Lord, and I lift your voice to praise you. I welcome your might, your miracles to be manifest in me for your glory and for your praise. Amen. Now I want you to just sit with your hands in front of you. I'm going to pray, and he's just going to come over you. If you've never spoken tongues before, just, just allow him. Some of the, the reality is he wants to give you this prayer language. It'll come. Sometimes you just got to open your voice and start praising him and start speaking. When I first received it, I closed my mouth as shut as possible. But we have to open our mouth and go, okay, God, fill my fill my lips. We have to put air to it. And you kind of, you just, it kind of will just come. Some, it'll come maybe for uh, my wife, Jess, it, it came as a word, da-da, da-da, and then it, and it came into this whole vocabulary, but it took a few weeks. It, it, she didn't learn it overnight. For me, it was like this instant coming out. So it happens for different people, different ways. But I'm just going to pray and then just, just receive and say, God, I receive and just worship him. Lord, I thank you right now that you want to fill every single one this altar, everyone standing out, everyone that's desiring this and saying, God, I want all of you. I pray that that prayer language would come, that they could use it and pray. And God, if it's there, would you would you give them even new tongues and would you revive it and bring up just a fresh release of your presence in this place. The weighty presence of God would fall right now in this place over every single one of us from the front to the back. We just ask for a fresh wave of your presence right now. Undeniable. Yeah. And just begin to worship him in the praise, just sing out your praise, just, just speak his name, Jesus, Jesus, and just go, God, fill me, fill me. going to go into worship. I, I know we've gone long tonight, but we're going to go into worship and I just, let's, can you lead us and just, let's just worship him in this place. Just if, if there's something you need in your heart tonight, just desire him. He's here. Maybe I didn't call you out. Maybe I called someone else out, but there's something that you need. And yeah, I just, I pray, just, just start to just seek him. Just ask him. I feel like he's just saying, ask, seek, knock. So if there's something you need in your heart right now, you're like, I need a breakthrough. He's here, so Abel's going to lead us. If you're a prayer team, feel free to go around and pray.
Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.